This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If you have a persistent cough, what do you do? You go to the doctors. If you're getting the same allergic reaction to food, what do you do? You cut it out of your diet. If you're the manager of Manchester City and your side keeps putting out the same drab performances, what do you do? Well, keep playing the same system, of course. We'll offer up some kind of post-mortem to the Southampton Cup defeat and ask what on earth is going on at Manchester City. It's the 11th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Are these the banter years, Adam? Is this where it all goes wrong? Is this pep out, bored out? Are we protesting on the streets outside the Etihad Stadium? Is it, has it come? Has Arsenalitis bit us in the bottom? Uh, is it back to Division 2? Not to take a positive spin on what was supposed to be a bit of a funeral <laughs> of a podcast. Um, if, if the banter years are four points out of first place and still in the FA Cup and the Champions League... Uh, what round of 16 then I'm okay with the banter years yeah it's not too bad is it but it, it's still it's still pretty bad as we'll get into I think we have to caveat because um there are some city fans who whenever a bad result takes place of a certain generation who like to sort of you know remind people that yes once upon a time city did play Swindon and it wasn't all bad and that some people aren't allowed to be annoyed that it was bad however I think we can all agree it could get worse. It has been worse. We know it has, like literally quite recently, has been worse. However, it still doesn't take away from the emotion that some of us may be feeling now. So straight into it, Southampton 2, Manchester City 0. Three words, sum it up. What are we thinking? Three words. Hmm. I'll go with the... So two of them. the, (laughs) The very popular British phrase, shower of shite. (laughs) 
<laughs> and considering the weather on the south coast, I, I did say in, on the on the preview show it probably wasn't going to be a sunny a sunny south coast. I meant more literally with the weather in terms of metaphorically, but I think both took place. But yeah, shower of shite sums it up quite perfectly. Where do you begin? Because I think in in recent episodes when things have gone good, when things have gone bad, we've taken it back to the starting eleven. It doesn't. It, it, it almost at this point isn't worth mention him because we're having these situations with with Pep Guardiola and, and let's let's call him out let's name check him we're having these situations with him where he's dropping these lineups and we're, we're rubbing our hands together we're licking our lips going yeah this is what we want to see this is what we want to see and the first uh, the the uh what's the word first whistle goes kickoff happens and then we're looking around and we're going no this isn't right this you know surely like this isn't the right thing that we should be doing this isn't what the players that you've put out on the pitch to do are there to be doing and and that was the case wasn't it against Southampton as soon as that first whistle went it was the same as we'd seen at Chelsea a week before it was the same as we've seen against Everton it's the same we saw against Brentford Fulham you know it's gone so many times now this season that it's not right to call it just the one off there are some fundamental issues for me that are, are quite sort of quite obvious at this point yeah Weirdly, I won't say I'm going to disagree, but looking at the starting eleven, it, it doesn't. It didn't look quite as wonky as it did at Stamford Bridge uh, last week. Yeah, well that that was that was the overlying sort of that that was probably as bad as it's going to get. And I think it, considering how many changes there were at half time and the complete system change, I think that was an admission from Pep Guardiola. I agree. Today we're looking at it going, yeah, this look this looks about right. Bar Walker at centre half, this looks about right. But even still when the when the first whistle went, it was a bit it was a bit if that sound can translate into a word. Yeah, we're, weirdly enough, the first half of this game, I felt like the system was actually slightly better, but the performance was horrible. And then because the performance is horrible, we get what I think a triple change at halftime. And that triple change led to going back to the system that has led to this inconsistency. So I think we're just kind of in this vicious spiral at the moment in which no players are getting any sort of momentum. Nobody's mm-hmm. getting any sort of confidence. And that's because every week it seems like they have a new role. Um mm. And sure, there was players that maybe individually didn't have their best night. Cole Palmer, Jao Cancelo, Sergio Gomez, Grealish wasn't that great. But like I said, and I've said this on a few episodes in a row now, if every week you're doing something new and you're trying to get back into form and trying to get fully fit, and and you know there's still some players coming back back from the World Cup that maybe didn't play well at the World Cup or were injured at the World Cup, whatever it may be, if you're also trying to learn something new, especially something that's not quite working, and you're dealing with that frustration along with trying to just get yourself back to your normal level. It's just mm-hmm. you're, you're fighting two battles at once, and I think it's just making it harder on every single individual player. And that's why underneath all of the systemic issues, we're also getting individual stinkers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a fair assumption, and. I think you've said beforehand when th- this isn't this isn't a new problem for City. Players being out of form isn't something that's purely exclusive to the 2022-23 season. However, in previous years, and and you know, I'll, I'll pretty much quote you verbatim, but we've had a system where you can plug and play certain individuals. You know, Zinchenko, for example, he was the ideal person to come in and perform in, in, in situations where maybe others weren't performing as, as highly as you'd want because his 
he knew the role he was doing. He, you know what you're going to get from him. Joe Cancelo, another one. Um, who else might? Fernandinho, even in his last years, you knew what these players were going to offer and they weren't going to be too dissimilar to the players who were already in the team. When <laughs> I, I, I really feel sorry for Sergio Gomez. And I know we said beforehand we weren't going to sort of call out individual players, but I, I, I feel as if Sergio Gomez out of anyone should be getting an apology from Pep Guardiola because he's come in and we know that he's not had the most experience at left back. He he played there for a season at Andelec, did really well, excited, obviously got the Vincent Company seal of approval. Granted, they were playing against teams like Standard Liège and Royal Antwerp and not you know, Premier League outfits week in, week out. However, he's come in and he's he's come in as a marauding, left-footed, overlapping fullback. And for the majority of the first half, which he did play badly, I will admit he played badly, he was playing as this sort of de facto central defensive midfielder. It was, I'd like, what, what more do you want from him? And there's so many players in that situation. Cole Palmer as well, he must have played about four different positions now, bless him. And, and like you say, you're expecting the world from these players, you're expecting performances, but it's just not happening. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly why I'm finding it hard to judge any sort of individuals. Um, there are obviously individual moments, foul throws, um, you know, not tracking a runner, whatever it might be. But like I said, you know, it take kind of takes me back to the Angelino days in which he came yeah. he came into yeah. a really really good city side, and it felt like it was a good time for him to come in. But he only played what was it Anfield. Liverpool away, a derby yeah. at home, and maybe a Champions League game, and he wasn't yeah. wasn't up to it. Yeah, fine. Uh, most people on earth aren't going to be up <laughs> to it in that situation. Yeah, and I'm feeling like the same thing with Sergio Gomez. Where if Sergio Gomez was coming into a City team at in their pump, for instance, he came and played in that derby, the six three derby earlier in the season, hey, and he looked fantastic. If yeah. you've got players around you that are elevating you. You can bet in, but if you are coming in as a player shy on confidence or short on confidence, short on confidence from the manager, um, not in your best form, and also every single player around you is in the same position, of course you're going to stand out. So I, I just I'm finding it really hard to sort of judge any individuals. Give me Sergio Gomez as a natural left-footed left back for 90 minutes, and then I'll judge him. Mm, and and I think bar that Manchester United game, no, sorry, bar Chelsea. I thought he was really good against Chelsea, and perhaps maybe a little unlucky to be hauled off as soon as he was. I think that was more sort of getting minutes into the into the other players' legs. I, I like I said, I just feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for Calvin Phillips. I thought I called. I know. I'm. <laughs> you said it on on. I think it was on one of on one of the shows this week. Pep Guardiola has a burner account. I very much doubt he's listening to this, but I did. I did call him out and said that he was his treatment of Calvin Phillips was wrong, and I think that's reflected in his performances. Uh, so his performance against Southampton because he looked like a player who was massively lacking confidence as well. And I, I, I don't. I just get the sense that it's one step forward, two steps back for City at the moment. That second half against uh, against Chelsea, whilst the performance was pretty poor. It, it felt like it could be a, a turning point. Obviously, the cup game, I think, is in isolation. The FA Cup game, that is, is, is in isolation because, you know, both teams were a little bit rotated. Chelsea are in dire form. They obviously had a few injuries and City went back to what they did best and it looked great. But now, again, it's like heading into the Manchester derby. 
forget that, heading into Manchester City's most important period of the season, one look at the fixture list tells you that. I think it's two games against Arsenal, two games against Spurs, Champions League round of 16, Aston Villa are flying at the moment, that'll be a tough game at the Etihad, we know what they can do against City, they've done it before this season in fact, and then obviously Old Trafford on Saturday. It, it's like it, this season could be over very quickly in my eyes and I think that's a shame because given the given the start to the season I don't think it's been great at all at any point this season I think there's been moments and I think if it wasn't for Erling Haaland's madness which may play a part of it you know maybe we'll dissect whether or not uh, his in- introduction and his inclusion in this system obviously he can he's a multifaceted footballer but if it wasn't for his goal scoring madness I think it's masquerading what has been a, a pretty, and I use this term relatively, a pretty abject campaign. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And it's worth mentioning that this is a transition year for this this team. There's obviously yeah. loads of players that have been there and done that for City that are still around, obviously. But but you've got huge players in big positions that are new. Erling Holland. Calvin Phillips coming in, who obviously hasn't played much, but he's coming in in arguably the most important position in any Pep Guardiola team in the center of midfield. Mm. And if I've got these new players, most of whom who are, who are young, if I've got them coming into a team in a transition season, what am I gonna? What do I need out of my team to get these guys up to speed? I need everybody to know what they're doing and and be the leaders. Right? We've got leaders on this team. Whether they're vocal leaders or not, we've got we've got guys that have been there and done that. Rodri, Laporte, Diaz, Stones, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Bernardo. The list goes on and on and on. And if I've got these new guys transitioning into this team, I want you know Calvin Phillips out there with Gundogan. And if he needs to say, "Hey, Ilkay, where do I need to be in the, in this situation?" Mm-hmm. Ilkay's going to know it. But right now, when we've got this new system every twenty five minutes, <laughs> Ilkay's like, "I don't fucking know." You know, it it changed at halftime. I'm not sure. We we were doing the same thing for six years. Then all of a sudden we've changed it. The the absolute last thing you can do is make wholesale wholesale systemic changes in a year when you're trying to bet in new Mm. players into a team that has been playing well together for years. So it seems like this just perfect storm that has led to this, what, two, three month period of just winning games. Yes. They're still winning games, and that's down to the immense quality in the team. Mm. But I've said this before on on other episodes. The system used to win games. The system used to elevate the individual quality we had. And now it's the individual quality has to elevate the system because the system isn't getting them there. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... I, I don't know where it changes un, until it's a, a sort of a long run in the in the same sort of in the same sort of like you say the the old system. I, I I would say I don't think it's as simple as just going right. Okay, let's revert back to what we're doing because Erling Haaland's introduction does add a different dimension because he is not. And I use this sort of loosely. He's not the best footballer. There are better footballers than. Erling Haaland. The difference being, there are no better finishes in the Premier League in world football, in my eyes, than Erling Haaland. And the goals he gets you is why he's in the team. But it feels like when he when, when he's out the team, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's it's terrible. It feels like when he's in the team, sometimes it's great, sometimes it's terrible. There just doesn't seem to be any happy medium. And and I put this to you, Adam. Um, it's a it's a grave question, but how much of the blame goes to the manager? Because any other team, I feel like. 
in this situation, you would be looking at the manager and saying it's not acceptable. And then, and are we blinded? Are we allowed to criticise Guardiola given what he's done, or are we just being spoiled brats? Yeah, you're absolutely allowed to to criticise Guardiola, mm. and I'd say on a on a chart of blame, pie chart of blame, Guardiola probably gets ninety percent of it. That's a nice pie, that isn't it? That's a big that's a big slice of pie. And for me. Yes, Holland. I think Holland is a really, really, really easy scapegoat here. And I'm not saying that he is perfect, but for me, all of the issues come in defense and out wide. And that's it, it's hard to it's hard to blame a team that's not creating a lot of chances anymore, not taking a lot of chances anymore. It's it's hard to blame that on things happening at the back. But go back and watch the game from today. Go back and watch the game at Stamford Bridge last week. And tell me who the players are that are picking up the ball in wide situate wide attacking situations. It's Manuel Akanji. It's Nathan Ake. <laughs> it's John Stones. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> what what happened? I've said I've used this. I've asked this question six hundred times. What happened to creating overloads in wide positions with fullbacks mm. and wingers? I'm going to make a hockey comparison because I do that all the time because everyone knows oh, I, I, there love, we go. I love Sound hockey. The klaxon. But, but listen, Sound the klaxon. This, this is a great comparison to make. There's a thing in hockey called the cycle, and it's when a team gets the puck in the uh, offensive zone and they circulate the puck almost like in this weaving fashion along the boards. And if you go and watch a team that gets into the cycle, almost every pass that's made is a no-look pass. Because they know exactly where their teammates are in the cycle. They've done the same thing over and over and over. And they can just use their backhand and look behind their back and make a pass. And their teammate will always be there. That's how City used to play. It felt like City used to be able to play blindfolded. Because everybody knew where everybody would be. They would create the wide overloads. They would have space in, in the little half space for Bernardo Silva or Kevin De Bruyne to pick up the ball and and pick a pass back to the byline, whatever, for the cutback. You know, the the classic city goal. None of that exists anymore. It feels like now they are playing blindfolded. They pick up the ball and they don't have any (laughs) options. There's nowhere to go. So they go backwards. The one center back passes it to another center back, to another center back, to another center back, to another center back, because it feels like there's about 18 fucking center backs on the pitch. Don't don't forget the diagonal switch. Yes. You forgot the diagonal switch. The diagonal switch from one center back to the wide center back (laughs) and then to the central center back. Yeah. They might might lump it forward to center forward and then it trickles into goalkeeper's hands and we go again. Uh, It's just, it's directionless. It's like a boat Mm. without a rudder. It's just spinning in circles and floating on top of the surface. And that'll do for part one. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Now uh, we've had our rants, we've we've spat our dummies out, we've we've put the world to rights. Let's try, if we can, in the last sort of eight nine minutes of this show, to bring a little bit of clarity, a little bit of insight, as our dear listeners obviously are tuning in for. Um, let's start then with with the with the sort of the wider picture. Then City out of the Carabao Cup, it will be no return to Wembley for the League Cup, the second consecutive year, which, you know, is is normal. So and, and we've seen it in the FA Cup teams don't win the this the cup competitions year in, year out. We were treated. And I think actually a, a wider point here, we we sort of maybe reminiscing a little bit on those years. And I think it's it's right to reflect and go, you know, this can't last forever. So even even in these sort of I joked at the top, didn't I, the banter years, it's far from it. Even in these sort of darker days we still have to be thankful because who knows what's around the corner 
But in terms of this system, Guardiola on the flight back from Southampton um, last night. Do you think he's going to be too disappointed about going out? I think he'll be disappointed about the performance and the momentum. But in terms of grand scheme of things, the draw was made. Newcastle in the next round. That had been a horrible couple of matches at the end of, uh, I think it is at the end of January or, or the start of Feb. I can't remember. If we're being level-headed, might not be the worst thing. Might not have been the worst result. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly a weight lifted from the fixture list. Um, knowing what we know about Guardiola, at least on the surface, what we see he's not going to be happy because he's a perfectionist and he wants to play, yeah. you know, he wants to win. And we saw that with the subs, didn't we? Yeah. We saw the, the reaction. We saw yeah. that he, he was clearly annoyed. Yeah. Um, but yes, of course, it's going to be a relief when you've got the night off and you're watching, you know, United go away. I haven't seen the draw. I don't know who. Forest, they got, they got Forest. Is it so home, is it home the, or away? the final. Uh, two-legged, so it's, oh, right, it's right. Uh, away for no, first. No fucking reason second. for it to be two-legged. Yeah, yeah. As, but... if, as if there weren't ever uh, a, a fixture congestion as it is. Yeah. That's still a thing. Um, so yeah, you know, you're watching teams around you, like United, like Newcastle, playing games on a Wednesday night, and, and maybe you've got your feet up and looking forward to the Premier League at the weekend. So that, that'll feel good in the moment, but right now... On the on the bus ride, hopefully it's a bus or a train, not a not a flight. As as we uh, no, it's a flight. Uh, it's a flight. Yeah, you know from from. Dare we have a climate conversation? Um, I know, I but, know, uh, I know. It's ridiculous. Anyways, um, he's not going to be happy about it. it. Well, I don't know. This it's his team that he's putting out, <laughs> and it it seems like we're getting the result that he wants, right? Because he does it every fucking week. So part of me thinks that this is what he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, it's a case of what did you expect? Like, surely, surely it isn't as simple. And we're reverting back to what we did in part one, and I don't want to go there, but it's 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 just a needle. It keeps getting us. But surely, it's not as simple as two lads with a fucking microphone in their bedroom speaking across uh, an ocean. It's surely not as simple. And and people on Twitter and pundits who have played at championship level at best, you know, surely it's not as simple as that. But hey, what what do we know? What do we know? I've never won a Carabao Cup. Pep has four of them. Um, so yeah, that that city out of the League Cup. I think it's you know as as far as the fixture list goes, yes, it's um, a benefit, but it's a little bit frustrating in the sense, isn't it, that you you expend so much energy and potentially, I as mentioned it in the preview, actually potentially through the game away. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Brentford before, uh, sorry, after the Chelsea game. City played a, a close to full strength team in that Chelsea game had to rotate for the league and then drop points. I'm pretty sure that was the case. If not, I'm sure someone will correct us. But um, you, you expend so much energy in those early rounds and you get to quarterfinal and it's like, all right, well, it was for nothing. And, and yes, that is cup competitions. That's the nature of them. But it, there is a little bit of a gripe there that we may be going into the latter half of the season, as we saw last year for the first time in a few years under Pep, without a trophy under the belt. And it does add a little bit of extra pressure, doesn't it? And who knows what happens in the FA Cup. Arsenal at home, another really difficult draw. Up against it in the Premier League, we know how hard the Champions League is. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a surprise, would it, if we ended the season trophyless? And I know that's reactionary at this point, but this is where trophies are won in this period between now and mid-March. You set yourself up, and at the moment, City looks to be going backwards. Yeah, I think what's worse than than heading into this latter part of the season without a trophy 
what's worse is that you're heading into this latter part of the season in such horrible form, whereas this mm. is normally where this team kicks on and we get the mm. the winning run and you take yourself into the round of 16 of the Champions League or the latter stages of the FA Cup in good form. And if your first 11 is in good form, the rotator 11 is going to come in and play better too. It, it just works that way. Um, and and you get good results in the Cup and, and whatever it might be and, and dead rubbers in a Champions League, whatever. Um, I think that's a lot worse for me is you're now looking to turn your season around and, and take momentum in the biggest games of the season as opposed to getting things rolling against Brentford, getting things rolling against Southampton. You're now having mm. to get things rolling you know, when you're chasing a red-hot Arsenal team in games against Tottenham, Arsenal, United. And mm. that that's just, at the moment, I don't feel a lot of optimism. Because mm. because this this period has been months long, and it's felt like the changes have been so obvious, and the fact that week on week on week they they don't come, I, I'm not quite sure what exactly you know there is to look forward to at the moment. Because if you think back to basically 2017 through 2022, all the way up to this mm. point of the of the Pep era. When we would lose games like this, when we would get knocked out to a Southampton in the cup, it was 25 shots on goal, six big yeah. chances missed by by Jesus and Sterling, and we lose 1-0. <laughs> now it's like we're not creating anything. No shots on target. There's no Sh- forward Adam, momentum. There, there were no, Adam, there was no shots on target. No, there was City one. It came in target. the 78th minute. No, that that came off a defender. Okay, City well, on the on the broadcast, City they didn't. awarded it to City, but 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 either way, it doesn't it doesn't change the yeah. it doesn't change yeah. the the rant here because at least in those days, it was like City have all of the possession, they have the momentum, they're creating mm. chances. It's just not coming. Eventually, it's going to happen for them. Whereas now, the the it that was eventually going to happen, that it doesn't exist at the moment. No, no. Flash score saying zero shots on target. I think the one you're you're talking about was the Alvarez scuffed one that hit a defender, and yeah. it, it was going well wide anyway. I know I, I've, I can't I can't recount the amount of times this season I've said to my dad, City aren't scoring here. In fact, against Southampton, I said City aren't getting a shot on target. This was with 35 minutes and, to go, and that used to be said sarcastically. Yes, yeah, because we used yeah. to say now, that a now, lot, but it was when they were creating 30 odd chances a game and just yeah. not converting them. Now. We've got the people there to take the players there to take chances. They're just not create. You know what's funny though is I, I wrote in our group chat we just don't create chances anymore. And then I went and looked, and we're top of the charts in every chance creation statistic. <laughs> every single one, shot creating actions, um, passes into the into the like six yard box, passes into the eighteen yard box. What, when did this happen? Did it all happen in the first like three months of the season, and and we're just still on top because we did score so many goals in the first half of the season? I don't see it happening anymore. It must have just happened in that Manchester derby game. <laughs> yeah, and we've we've got another one coming up, so hopefully it's the same. Uh, final question then before we bounce: um, yes or no answer. And I'm just gonna I'm sprinkling a little bit of hot sauce into here. I'm I'm not giving any opinion. It's it's purely on you. Would City have been a better team with Harry Kane rather than Erling Haaland? I can only give you a yes or no answer. I can't explain you anything. You can only give me no. That that'll have to be the cliffhanger. No. Oh, I 
what fight you're going to go for. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to give a super hot take. And not, if yeah. I had a chance to explain myself, I would sit on the fence really, really hard. So I'm yeah. just going to say no. <laughs> How do you sit on the fence hard? Surely you sit on the uh, fence. It'd be painful. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> right. We'll call it a day. Um, that was fun. Cathartic. Hopefully the listeners felt the same as well. Adam, thank you very much as per usual. You're welcome. Oh, yeah, bloody hell, it was about as delayed as City's chance creation. Um, I've been Amos, I've been joined by Adam. Like, subscribe, follow, etc. And until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.